Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word of God that comes to us this morning is from the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verses 1 to 14. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. Therefore I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you are slain. And you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth, O Lord. This last week, one of Keeley's therapists told me the story of how she was doing a cross-country ski race. And near the end of it, she was exhausted and wiped out, so she stopped at an aid station thinking she had better just quit, that she couldn't continue. And the lady at the aid station told her, well, you're you're still coherent. You can keep going. Our text today has something to say as well to those who are exhausted and don't think they can keep going, doesn't it? And hopefully something a little more encouraging than, well, you're still coherent, although sometimes that's exactly what we need to hear. Our text reveals to us the Lamb coming to the throne of God and receiving the power and the authority to rule all of heaven and earth. Our text, in fact, reveals to us the other side of Jesus' ascension. When the disciples saw Jesus ascend into heaven, all they saw was Jesus go up, and then he was hidden from them by the clouds. This vision shows us what happened on the other side of the clouds. The camera goes through the crowds with Jesus. 
And the vision that we see here today isn't really for those who are content and happy and everything is going well in their lives. They probably won't get too much out of it. But for those who are weary and sad and distressed, God reveals what's happening behind the clouds to encourage us and to strengthen us so that when we think we can't continue, we can see the finish line and receive the strength of the Lamb of the seven horns so that we can keep going onto the salvation that God has in store for us. It's a wonderful vision to lift up our souls in time of trouble. The Lamb who was slain, we are told, is worthy to unroll the scrolls. This teaches us that Jesus is in control, that the future is His, and that He is going to bring about God's plan and God's kingdom here on this earth. When no one is found who can open the scrolls, the Apostle John weeps. And we might wonder why. I mean, <clears throat> my wife might cry if there's a book that no one can open. But most of us would just move on with our lives, right? But this is more than just a book that can't be opened. There's more to it than just information in this scroll, isn't there? Because when the seven seals are loosed and the scroll is opened, we don't just hear about what's going to happen, but it actually happens. The horses come out of the seals. The angels come out of the seals. The trumpets come out of the seals. The gospel comes out and is proclaimed to the ends of the earth. The unrolling of the scroll is the unrolling of God's plan for our future. It's the unrolling of God building His kingdom. And when there is no one who can, who, who can be found to unroll the scrolls, if no one had been found, then God's plan would have come to an end. His kingdom would have been ended and finished. This is God's kingdom, God's plan, and unless someone comes who can unroll it, this is the end. Things would have simply continued as they were. The, the kingdoms of men would have prevailed and the earth would have become more and more sinful. But now here comes the Lamb who was slain, who is worthy, not just to open the scrolls, but to complete God's plan, to bring forth God's kingdom, and to rule and to do what God has decided for our future. The opening of the scrolls is God's plan being accomplished in our lives. And so for those of us who might be afraid or worried about the future, worried about the way things are going and how things are going to happen, here we see that Jesus is in control, that He unrolls the future. And even if it doesn't look to us like the future that we would choose, this is God's plan being carried out in our life. The Lamb has seven horns. The horns, of course, are a sign of strength and of power. The Old Testament temple, the altar, had four horns on each corner representing God's power among his people. When John the Baptist was born, Zacharias uh, prophesied, proclaiming the Lord has raised up a horn of salvation, a Savior who is strong enough to save his people. And in Psalm 137, the Lord's anointed is called the Horn of David. 
the strength of David's kingdom returned. But the, Lord, the lamb has not just one horn, does he, but, but seven. Seven signifying the complete strength of God, the totality of God's work on this earth. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, there we hear of the beast who has ten horns. Why does the beast have ten horns and the lamb only seven? It would seem as if, well, ten horns, that's stronger, right? The beast is greater. He has ten horns. Ten horns beats seven. But Jesus doesn't need to tear the sleeves off his shirt and walk around to show off his muscle, does he? That's what the kingdoms of this world do. They puff themselves up. They accumulate strength and power. They try and convince everyone that they are stronger even than God and of the Lamb. They, the beast, the kingdoms and the powers of this world are the ones who swagger to show off their, their strength. That the seven horns of the Lamb are greater even than the ten horns of the beast. The seven horns of the Lamb, the seven is the the seven days of creation, the complete work of Christ, right? The seven lampstands we hear about uh, in Revelation and in Zechariah, which are the fullness of, of God's light to his people. The seven spirits, the seven angels which proclaim the word of God and the gospel and watch over the fullness of the, of the church of God. In the book of Revelation, we have seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. The fullness of God's power, the fullness of God's work. At the, the seventh seal and the seventh uh, trumpet and the seventh bowl, at the end of all of those, it's the end of God's, the coming of God's kingdom and the fullness of his work. The earth comes to an end and his kingdom is delivered. The seven horns of Christ accomplish the work of God. They fulfill all that God has planned. It is the strength of God. We often make the mistake of thinking that the kingdoms of this world look greater and stronger and more powerful than the church and the Lamb because they swagger and show off their muscles and pretend to have more power than they do. But here we have the Lamb with seven horns, the full strength of God. And, to the, and so therefore, to those of us who worry about the might of men or the strength of the kingdoms of this world or the power of the unbelievers, here we have the Lamb of, with seven horns, the fullness of God's power. The Lamb also has seven eyes. Again, seven, but, but this time eyes. Eyes that roam the earth. Eyes that see all. all eyes that know all that is going on. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, the seven eyes of the Lord are the eyes which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. The Lamb knows all. The Lamb sees all. That means that He sees all of our sin. That's true. He knows all of our failings, all the things that we would like to hide from each other and which we, and which we, with which we wish no one else knew. The Lord knows those but he forgives them, washes away in his blood. And it also means that he knows our sorrow. He knows our loneliness. He knows our suffering. He knows the unfairness of the world. He knows our worries and our pains. He knows 
the quiet service of those who, who labor and yet feel as if they are unappreciated and, and no one understands them or knows what they are doing. We have to mention, especially today, of course, those mothers who work and strive, who stay up and worry about their children at night and, and perform their duties as best they can and maybe feel lonely or unappreciated or unwelcome. The Lord knows the struggles, our struggles on this earth, and they do not go unnoticed by Him. Psalm 10, verse 14, You have seen, for you observe trouble and grief, and you repay it by your hand. The helpless commits himself to you, for you are the helper of the helpless. The Lord sees, the Lamb of God with the seven eyes, sees all that we suffer and all our grief and weakness. And he is there to comfort and help, and it does not go unnoticed by him. Remember that he is the lamb who was slain. He also suffered. He also was abandoned in the garden. He also died alone for our sins. And having died for our sins, how often do we not forget what he's done for us and repay his mercy and kindness by continuing in our sin and thinking of sin as a light matter. The Lord, the Lamb, knows what it means to suffer, and he is there to help. He too suffered and is now sitting on the right hand of God, and by his blood he has redeemed you from the earth, and you also will join him in that heavenly feast. They sang a new song to the Lamb, a song of joy, a song to uplift our souls and our spirits in times of trouble. I recently was running a, a race, and right about the ninth mile, there was a man in the full Scottish kilt uh, with bagpipes playing Amazing Grace. And that really was very encouraging at the ninth mile of that race to hear Amazing Grace and be reminded of my Savior. The 24 elders sing a new song to the Lamb. Throughout Scripture, that reference to a new song is a reference to the Gospel and the praise of the Lamb who died to save us from our sins. In Revelation verse, in chapter 15, the people of God are in the midst of the battle, a fierce battle with the dragon. And in that battle, what, what weapons do they bring? Not swords or guns, but in their hands they each hold a harp and they fight the battle by singing this same new song. And it's through that new song that Satan is vanquished. Hymn 463, of course, reminds us, When the fight is fierce, the warfare long, Steals on the ear the distant triumph song. Then hearts are brave again, and arms are strong. Alleluia, alleluia. For those who are weary, with the struggle of this life comes the new song that is sung to the Lamb. The song of victory even for us sinners. And that song comes in many different forms, doesn't it? It comes in amazing grace, sometimes on bagpipes, which is very beautiful. It comes in this form of chief of sinners, though I be. It comes in him 200, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in many other forms, but it's all the same song that song of victory 
that, that victory over sin and Satan, that victory that is ours, the Lamb who has died for us. This earth is indeed a very weary place filled with injustice and sorrow and sin. We are in the midst of a race and sometimes we run it and sometimes it's all we can do to keep on crawling. But in our weariness and our sorrow, the Lord gives us this vision of the finish line, of the Lamb who is victorious, of the Lamb who unrolls the scroll, the plan of God for our lives, and that beautiful song of victory to the Lamb, of our sins forgiven, and of His triumph. Amen.